Hosanna, Hosanna. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the name of, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Over and over again we say those words, especially on Palm Sunday when we're outside, but do we know what they mean? The best way to understand the meaning of Hosanna is to look at Psalm 118 verse 25, where the psalmist writes, save us, we pray, O Lord, O Lord, we pray, give us success. Save us, we pray, O Lord. O Lord, we pray, give us success. It is pretty clear that the pilgrims had come to Jerusalem for that Passover feast, had virtually no idea of how God was going to answer their prayer. Their prayer that God would somehow save them that he would intervene for them, that he would have mercy upon them, and that he would bring them to a place of peace. They were simply crying out in anticipation. They were taking part, if you will, in, in a Palm Sunday type of a service. It was what they were expected to do, but God intended to answer that prayer in the most mysterious and profound way that any of us could ever imagine. In the Old Testament, there are stories of kings, and go to the book of Kings, Second Kings, you find there's an account of a, a king coming in and, and palm branches being laid down, and probably they had an anticipation that when Messiah, when God's king came, it would be a military victory. And so when they looked at passages like the Old Testament reading that Elena read from Isaiah 52 and 53, they didn't really know what to make of it. Even to this day, if you, are to, if you talk to an Orthodox Jew and you say, what, what does this mean? How do you interpret the end of chapter 52 and the chapter 53 of Isaiah's gospel? This servant, this suffering servant, they usually don't really have a good answer for them, for you. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The sins of all of us were laid upon him. We all like sheep had gone astray and God laid upon him the iniquity of us all. Like a lamb led to the slaughter. He opened not his mouth. He paid the debt for many sinners. And so is numbered among the living. This is Isaiah 53. This is, this is the words that, that Isaiah wrote hundreds of years before the coming of Jesus. Before the actual event that we just heard narrated wonderfully through our video. The worshipers, the pilgrims that day probably didn't have a sense of what to do with it. So perhaps they just glossed over it. Perhaps they just did what a lot of people do, which is just, well, you know, I don't know what to make of that. Who, who would suffer like that? Who would be willing to die and suffer so greatly for other people? Who could possibly live up to this image? to this ideal of a suffering servant 
whom God vindicates, but only after great pain and loss, great sacrifice. What do you do with Psalm 22? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Casting lots for the clothing. Mocking. Surrounding. But for whom God ultimately gives the strength and the trust that God would give them victory. And yet we come to the narrative, to the passion. And here in what has just been read for us, we can see the reality of Psalm 22, what David prophesied, what Isaiah saw forth and prophesied come to life. If we were to study and digest and break down every aspect of this passion narrative, it would go on and on. Entire books have been written about the pain and the suffering and the passion that Jesus was willing to undergo. I read through this week and meditated upon it and I, I, I wrote down words that I saw and words that I, some of them I connected with and maybe you do as well. Weakness, betrayal, abandonment, spit upon. I've not been spit upon, but I know people who have. Beaten, mocked, denied, interrogated, scourged, driven to exhaustion, misunderstood. All of these things Jesus, our Savior, was willing to endure for us. The challenge for us is to sit in that this week. The world, the lengthening of the days, the spring, the activity of life is all working to pull us out of a meditative state to cause us just to rush on towards full bore spring and summer and, and skip it. But, but Holy Week, Palm Sunday invites us to sit with Jesus' suffering, to sit with the physical pain which was real, to sit with the emotional pain, to sit with the spiritual pain of being separated from the Father. Will we remain in the pain? Will we, to use the psychological term, will we, will we stay present in the suffering? Will we be emotionally present to it this week? Will we give it attention? Here's the answer to our cry. And ultimately, we all cry out in our own way. Save us, we pray. Please, Lord, give us success. Here is 
God's answer to that prayer. The person of Jesus Christ. The depth of our need is revealed. I read somewhere in the last couple of weeks, and I can't find the quote, but whoever said it, it's not me, but it's so profound. It was not the worst of humanity that killed Jesus. It was the best. These were the high priests. These were the morally upstanding. These were the devoted religious pillars of the community leadership in Israel. And Judaism was attractive to the pagan world around it because of its high moral standard, its decalogue, its commandments, and its ethics of how to live life. And I thought, man, that, that takes on a whole nother level of recognition of the sin and depravity of humanity. It was not the worst of humanity that killed Jesus. It was the very best But in that, it reveals the depth of our need and the incredible news that God has answered that heart cry. Save us, please. Paul would invite us in Philippians 2 to have this mindset, to have this attitude that was also in Christ Jesus, that we would stay in the set place of contemplating what our Lord did for us. That we might allow the depth of the cross and the passion to affect us more and more. That's why we do this every year. We don't ever get past this. We're always beginning to understand. Just a couple of thoughts before I close. If you have the guts, if you have the chutzpah, sit with this passion. Break it into small readings and spend a little time meditating on a different section of Christ's passion this week and sit with it. Don't analyze it. Just sit with it, meditate on it, and allow the Lord to speak to you through it. Give the Lord attention that he might draw you to a word or a phrase that might be something for you that day or for you this day. Holy Week. It may be weakness. It may be betrayal. It may be abandonment. It may be spit upon. It may be beaten or mocked or denied or interrogated or scourged or driven to exhaustion or misunderstood. But some aspect of that Passion Week, the Lord wants you to meditate upon this week. Ask the Lord to show you what he wants. Feel this week. Save us, Lord.
just like those pilgrims on their way into Jerusalem who happened to be there for Jesus. Oftentimes, we don't have a clue about what we need. Psalm 139 says, search me and know me. And the psalmist is aware that God knows us better than we know ourselves. And so humbly, I I submit to you that the Lord has something more profound about this narrative, about this passion for you this week than you know. Cry out with the Lord. Cry out with me. Save us, O Lord. Save us, we pray. Show us the things that we don't even know we need. And deepen our understanding of the marvelous salvation bought for us by your son, Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.